Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now, it's the Rundown, presented by ExploreStLouis.com. The biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. Big news yesterday in the NFL as we got off the, uh, got off the air. Holy yo, holy yo, holy yo, Jones has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this is coming off of a 12-catch, 165-yard season for the Tennessee Titans. And how stupid did we look, right? I mean, everybody was sort of spending all their airtime in March. When he signed with the Titans, everybody was getting all in a tizzy. Everybody was getting all excited about, man, this is exactly what the Titans needed. You know, it's a Hall of Fame receiver, one of the best ever, and he's joining the Titans, and that man proceeded to not even want to play for them, that man faked an injury all year long just so he didn't have to suit up for you clowns. So now he's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And while the instinct for Titans fans is going to be to say, oh, well, he's not in his prime anymore. And didn't you see him last year? He was washed up. I don't know what his official uh, stats were. I know they were. 31 for 434, just one touchdown. Right. It was not far off, right? I mean, not that, with the 12 receptions, actually. Not too far off. That's, 31. That's a, that's a good game for Jamar Chase, right? 31 catches, 434 yards. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Touchdown! I feel like Jamar Chase might have had that this year. That's what Julio Jones decided to do for your franchise all of last year combined. Um, look, I, 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 my instinct when I saw this news was Randy Moss, like Randy Moss vibes. Now, some key differences: Julio's older. He's three years older than Randy was when Randy went from the Raiders to the Patriots. Right? Randy was uh, 30, thirty, and Julio is thirty-three. But I kind of look at it like. Did Julio Jones not basically just take an entire year off? Yeah. I mean, he did. He appeared in 10 games, but to your point, was lightly used, it felt like. Yeah, I mean, I, he, he might have, like, took a snap in 10 games, but, like, he really wasn't, like, a, he wasn't out there taking hits or, you know, going over the middle, you know. It wasn't, it just wasn't, that's not the way it to went. To your point, it's been the last two uh, seasons yeah. shortened by injuries. That's nine exactly games right. The season before that now, and last year. I mean, look, I. I, I don't. It's not going to be Randy Moss, okay? It's not going to be like record-setting fifty touchdown type year for Tom, and he's going to lead the league in receiving touchdowns. I, that's not what I would ever say, but I do think in this in the in the perspective of he is going to be freshly motivated there with with Tom Brady, and it would not shock me if he if his touchdowns went up five hundred percent if. He doubled his receiving yards and catches. Like 62, 8, 6, 6, 65, 5 touchdowns. That sounds right, doesn't it? I can see it. I mean, Chris Godwin's still hurt. Well, that's why he can be. He can really help them early on as, the, as Chris Godwin looks to get back from the knee injury. But, but, it, but it's, it's Evans, it's Godwin, it's Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Rashad Perryman, and they just added Russell Gage. 
So and 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 you know that's just the receiver group. And so again, the the good thing in this case for Julio is that you're not going to be put in a position like you were in Atlanta where you're dependent on. I mean, right. let, let's be real. Tom's going to spread it out. He is. And there'll be some games where Julio's got two catches. There might be some as well where he's got six or seven catches. He's gone over 100 yards, maybe in a couple of touchdowns. That'll be the key thing for Tom's because what he's going to have is a plethora of guys to go to. That's what he wants. Yep. And he wants to spread it around so yep. you can't key in on anybody. It's perfect for Julio because, again, you're not saying go out there and dominate for 17 games, which at this point in his career, John, as you point out, at 33 years old, he cannot do. He is yep. not capable of. And I'll tell you what, being on a team with Tom Brady, that'll straighten you up real fast. No doubt. It's one thing, right, when you're, you're out there with Ryan Tannehill and you got some doubt, and Lord knows there was reason to be doubtful last year. We saw it in the playoffs. It's another thing when you're playing with the greatest ever who's won seven Super Bowls, and you're trying not to mess it up yep. on top of, hey, can I get in on this and get me one too? And so you'll see more accountability, it feels like. And, John, you're right. We all did go crazy. But, but the one thing I'll give us is that we said, when healthy – Julio Jones can be a factor for you. Well, whether he decided to be healthy, whether he's faking it or not, Julio was not engaged last year with the Titans. Correct. You suspect he will be this year in a much more limited role that he's suited for. Period. Yeah, I, I he'll think, look good, especially with Godwin out. I, I do think it was a matter early. of more of engagement than it was. Given that, if you want to say he faked, yeah, it. because he just he probably got to Tennessee and he realized like God, Tan- Ryan Tannehill now sucks. I am not going to ever achieve well, my I goals here. You'd love to go down that road. Yeah. From now on, he decided early on that Tannehill was a blowtorch. Tannehill, no, mm-hmm. that's 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 what he is on this side of this. Of this it table. should have been better. It should have been better. It really should have. Um, and and so yeah, like we've seen this time and time and time again, right? Like these receivers, they find that they're reincarnated when they go find Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and until I, he I, had his meltdown. Yeah. Um. I and granted, that wasn't so much of of a physical thing that was a, a mental thing clearly but yeah like if, if if julio jones is looking for i mean what a great spot for him what a great thing for tom what a great i, I mean how are they not to how are they not the favorite they got rudolph too a tight end uh brought him on remember i mean uh, why why can't tampa bay win the super bowl again uh because of the rams who I mean, everyone is underestimating last team to repeat was the pats or something have they, they ever repeat they ever go back to back uh, what they do three out of four? They they do three out of five. I don't think that Pat's last team to 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 repeat. Got to be um, uh, ninety two, yep. ninety three. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's 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 hard. You're right. But you ask me who can stop the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now that they've got Julio Jones? Uh, the Rams. The, Matt Stafford's going to be better. No, oh three, oh four. Sorry, oh three, oh four. They had that was that was the Pats thirty eight, thirty nine, ninety seven, ninety eight. The Broncos did it ninety two, ninety three. Cowboys did. Pats had appearances 16, 17, 18. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> that is damn impressive. That's, it's very hard to do that. Matt Stafford it. is going to be better in that offense. Isn't going to throw as many interceptions. They've added Allen Robinson. I've talked about this. That off Cam Akers due for a breakout season if he's fully healthy and he should be. Like that that Rams offense is going to be better, and you've still got Aaron Donald on the other side. You holding Cam Akers stock like alphabet, bro. Like that's Google stock right well, now. I'm, I'm the one winning fantasy leagues around here, and, and it's and more I, like a. You talk about an easy, just an easy, easy year for him. How can you focus on their run game with what they can do in the pass game? And again, I'm telling you, Stafford's going to be lose Vaughn. Though. Stafford's going to be so much better. But uh, is Jalen Ramsey still on that team? He is Aaron Donald still on that team? He got torched. Man, get up out of here. Uh, who, who's my the former Bear that actually had a good year last year playing uh, on, on a line that includes Aaron Donald? Uh, my boy, uh, Leonard Floyd. 
You know, he, he gets after the quarterback. Now that he's got other guys on that defense you got to be accounted for, that you got to account for. So I, I just I like the Rams. It, other NFC, I mean, it's not just it's not just the Rams, but I, that's the team I'd have at the top. I mean, look, the, the Bucks almost came back and beat the Rams without Chris Godwin. All right, so I do think like the separation is not that. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind you picking the Rams. I mean, they are they do have all the talent, right? And they did win the Super Bowl. And Matt Stafford is a great quarterback, and they did add Allen Robinson, who I'm bullish on. Cooper Cup's not going to be the triple crown guy again, though. He doesn't need to be. You got to add. You've added Allen Robinson, who's a real number <clears> one. You got a one opposite of one, and Cooper Cup. It's two ones. It's not a one and a two. So there, there can be some let up. There's for some, Cup. there's some motivation though for Tom Brady to like make this the one, make this the last year, win the Super Bowl. You get, now you're done officially. You know, I mean, if Chris Godwin's healthy, Mike Evans. Julio Jones. I mean, you still got to stop somebody. That's the point. And they had to stop the Rams last year. Now, the, pro- the problem for the for the Bucks is their secondary, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that's, that, that's like, again that defense isn't what it was when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, like that's the part. And, and you remember the? Uh, did you hear this? Have you read this? Leonard Fournette's like four hundred fifty pounds back on offense. <laughs> That's and all right. He, apparently, he's just blown up. Fat running backs are are they're, massive. They're a luxury. He's massive now. Who are so, your, who are so your, don't expect to get a ton from him. Who are your favorite until playoff time? Who are your favorite fat running backs? The bus. Man, he ran over Urlacher one time, and yeah. and and bus was like a in shape. Big, he wasn't like fat. yeah, right. He wasn't like sloppy fat, right. Well, I mean, most aren't right. Right. I'm trying to think of the last sloppy fat running back. There just ain't many of those guys. Eddie out Lacy. There. Lacey. Eddie Lacy got sloppy fat. He did. Okay. I mean, at 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 some point. Again, that position just because you you got another three of them behind that guy, you're just not going to see too many out of shape guys. There. That's true. But Bettis was an in shape, big body dude. Man, he ran over Erlacher. That's really when it was over. That and when Tom Brady shook Erlacher, I said, "Lord, it's over for a Hall." Was of Tyrone weekly fat? Mm. Like, Ron, was Ron Dane fat? I think he was a I think fat. Dane back. got fat. Yeah. Tyrone Wheatley was he fat? Now Tyrone Wheatley was, at, I guess in his prime he wasn't even close to fat. Maybe there at the end, but I, I don't think of him as fat. He was big, big boy back. I think Ron Dane would you would say was Ron Dane closer got big. to fat mm-hmm. than not. For, it's all relative, right? right? Football players, it's okay to be fat. Like it's like uh, it's fine. There's lots of fat football, football players. Not not as many as there used to be. Even those linemen now, man. I mean, they're they're, the they're three fifty, but they're in they're in good shape. I'm talking about those OLs. Those even those linemen, like well, you, you don't look at them as fat like we did back in the day when like Fridge was the first three hundred right. pounder out there, and the guy was actually you could see the beef, you could see the big <laughs> right. stomach hanging over the the uniform. And you know the truth saying? is, you damn near got to be a NBA small forward to be an edge rusher now, right? Like, um, the, the, it is, does seem to be going that way. Like you got to be like six five, six six, two twenty. Like that's kind of like what all these edge rushers. Like are how much does Miles Garrett weigh? Like it's got to be what two two seventy. Yeah, I bet he's probably. And I mean, he's he's, a, he's cut like a. Oh yeah, he's a he's a monster. Like something you would you know you'd cut into stone. Saying this was what the 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 biggest a human can he's get. Two seventy two. That's what I thought. That's what, and Fridge was three hundred. We were going holy cow. Well, Fridge was fat. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett's thirty pounds less, and you, he's in the kind of shape that you'd say uh, of an Adonis mm-hmm. in terms of body. So, the game's changed. There aren't there aren't many fat guys out there running around anymore. And if they are, they can get after it, like the Siragusas. You know what I'm saying? Uh, R.I.P. Definitely. R.I.P. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there, there, there used to be, they, but the, but times have changed. You're right. Like you used to like smoke cigarettes on the sideline. You don't do that anymore, right? We're trying to ban menthol cigarettes in this country. The FDA is trying to ban menthol in this country. Man, I used to be on them cools. It's not good for you. 
Tell you that. Remember the Make ones that lungs like bleed. Remember the ones that would like uh, like you could uh, in the filter you could click Some ports Newport shorts. Oof. You could click the joint and it would turn into a menthol. No man, I you don't, don't remember the no, cool click. Never do that. I remember that joints. stuff at White Station. Uh huh. Yeah, in the in the in the standard crew at White Station, y'all was firing up them click them cigarettes. Well, yeah, you with your dickies on, looking real cool over there, huh? Yeah, you would, at the old gym. You would, uh, you would, uh, you would just click the joint. And it would turn. It would go, you know, menthol or not. I I don't remember that. Do you, Brad? You'd click I, it to turn it to menthol. It sounds very unhealthy. I don't remember. It sounds that. like death. As no, a matter of fact, that's that. I I don't remember that. I would not recommend it. Obviously, I. You know, it's funny. My my neither one of my parents were smokers, and yeah, so you don't come anywhere close to the stuff. No, it's usually how it works. Yeah, and but it, it, the one problem with that though, my wife grew up in a smoker's house, and if you did, and then one of you didn't as a couple, like you're very sensitive to it. It's it can cause a little can cause issues. Cigarette smoking, man, it's changed so much just in terms. My my dad, we would roll to school, folks. That, I might as well oh, smoke yeah, cigarettes. Everybody at White Station thought I smoked. You smelled like because it. Dad would have the damn windows rolled up taking us to school. Well, there he was didn't a, give a real, damn yeah. about secondhand or my yeah. kids got that. There was a, there was a real there was that. a cigarette culture mm-hmm. in America. Oh yeah, well my old man would hit the bars and my mom would get pissed because his constant because he always went to the bar after work. He was right straight to the bar, you know, and his clothes would reek and he wasn't a smoker. Right, no. he was just around it. Because now, now it's there's smoke free at the even at clubs and bars and different things. Like yeah, that. I mean, can you? I, I I vaguely vaguely remember a time where it was allowed, where you were allowed to smoke cigarettes in restaurants. Vaguely, I mean, they that that you know, you can still see them on the airplane. Some of them old uh, little cigarette oh, things yeah. that are in the handles. That's mm-hmm. how you know you're on an old plane. But think you, about think about one how of those many they this is a, sealed up. This yeah. is a, uh, they, no, they let you smoke on Legion. <laughs> <laughs> you can slide up yeah. right in the middle of the flight. Yeah, yeah they let you do Ain't that. No way. <laughs> Hell, the pilot will come hit it. Hey, you know what? Uh, flights that had, sm- if you could allow smoking on flights, man, those suckers would be full. Man, oh, they yeah. would have them right there in the seat in the seat rails. Oh, man. no, have, don't worry. A little, little ashtray uh, in Allegiant planes are full. In, in fact, Sealed up. They sell the, you know. Y'all the, still open up. You can. Where you put your carry-on. Light up in that. What's funny are those, in there. those airport hot boxes they got now where the smokers are at? Yeah. They, they're like a hot box. It's like a 20 by 20 room and mm-hmm. all the smokers in there getting it on. There's you know? one in Atlanta, right? Yeah, there's one in Vegas, we, too. We don't do that here in Memphis. No. It's, I want to say Denver had one. Yeah. Atlanta's Vegas got one. Vegas has got a hot box. Well, like, like, for example, at, uh, and this is just like a, uh, this is a sign of like how far we have come. I went to Vegas earlier this month yeah. right, and went out to the Superbook. You cannot smoke in the Superbook. Whoa. It's a casino. Right? See, that's wild. Then you go down to Tunica. I think they're still getting after it in Tunica. Uh, they, I think, oh, for sure. There's right. There's they no, go out of business. No, I don't, I don't think they let you smoke in the poker room, for example. Uh, right, but like when you go to the uh, when you go to like the slides and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah, they, oh, the ashtrays all out there. Right? I think Southland has that. an area for it now, but so, most of that is still. smoking. But you're saying in Vegas you can't smoke in the book. Wow, and, and, and at Superbook you can. It, that's it, crazy. It says it's a smoke-free sports book. Which I, as a non-smoker, but most of my parents smoke like heavy, right? And we're talking, you know, pack a day type stuff, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. still does. part of the culture. And and I so because of that, like I never really had like I love cigars, but cigars are like a social, you know. Like you have a cigar to celebrate with your with your friends, like to you know, yeah, it's to a, enjoy one off, right? C- cigarettes are like a habit. You know, like yeah. you just like you like you just you, you do it. You reach for it. You're like you know you go you go outside mm-hmm. like you know that we've seen it. You know, um, but because of because my parents were you know smokers, I never was interested in it because I saw it. It stunk. It didn't appeal to me at all. You know, tried it maybe one time, and and, and just wasn't into like the inhale. Like it hurt my lungs to inhale. Mm-hmm. Just just didn't enjoy it at all. You know. Yeah. 
and I can't even imagine how one could get so far down their path that they were smoking blacks multiple times a day. Blacks was a reward for getting off of menthol cigarettes. <laughs> and then it became that became a pack a day, five blacks, as opposed to the pack of cool filter kings. You were you were a lost soul. So yeah, it was it was bad to reward yourself with more smoke. Great. That was a bad idea. What 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 uh cigarettes were you a consumer of? I just told you, cool filter kings and cool. Newport shorts. The menthols. And, and did you have a preference? Um cool filter kings because my dad, I thought I was they were they were extra cooler. But again, from you know, North Memphis all that. Yeah. Pack of Newport shorts, same thing. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you look at you. Don't smoke at all. Now you don't smoke at all. That tobacco. Let's give some applause for Jason. That man went from smoking well, cool filter kings to It nothing. was an impressive I, feat, I will, say, I will I, say. I will say. I mean, John had me. We we had a couple. We had put the picture out. Had me smoking a couple sticks. The other night, and it was it, it went a little bit too smoothly. It scared me. And actually, it was like, man, I could, I could smoke a black that easy. You know what I'm saying? So you got to watch it. It's got yeah, the key is to keep them what y'all said, like one offs, where you just do it to celebrate something or whatever else. Yeah, and that's good enough. Yeah, no, it's otherwise uh, them lungs be black. That's right. That's right. Um, anyway, uh, put a cigar in the air for Julio Jones as he finds a new home, which I, I can only imagine will end in more cigars with Tom Brady celebrating a Super Bowl champion. Next story. I got folks telling me Penny can't dunk. I, I just I, I highly well, doubt that. I, I got mean, one telling me Penny can't dunk. He well, says he's six seven two. I mean, he it can. is what it is, man. Um, I think Penny can still dunk. It was a real question that was just dismissed. And well, it, well, one of these days we get Penny on, we'll have to ask him about that very soon. Okay. Whether or not he can still dunk. Jason Tatum says he's fine. Uh, was at the premiere of Showtime documentary Point Gods and was obviously asked about the Boston Celtics' interest and. According to Woj and Shams and others, they've they've actually made moves and tried to uh, at least pique the Nets' interest in terms of making a trade for Kevin Durant, even offering Jalen Brown, according to Shams Sharania. Uh, Jason Tatum was asked about this last night at the premiere, and his point was he's fine. I don't know what we would expect him to say. He said all the right things. Uh said, I love our team. I don't wear the GM hat. Those decisions are not made by me, but I love the guys that we got. So exactly what you would expect. It's put Jalen Brown in a tough spot. Yes, it is. You know, again, and, and I know he's tweeting things uh, accordingly, shaking my head, that kind of thing. There's no question about it. Because, again, remember, you know, John keeps bringing up, this up, and it was, he's right. At one point yeah. last season, they're a 500 ball club, and we're st- still talking about, well, Jalen Brown and Jason uh, Jason Tatum can't play together, right? You've got to do something to break this thing up if the Celtics are ever going to take it to the next level. Well, they got things figured out pretty fast. But back to that point, Jalen Brown's got to be saying after a trip to the finals, man, what do I have to do here, you know, to be respected by my organization enough that I'm untradeable, right? Mm-hmm. Especially after last year we go to the finals. I'm not so much worried about that because I get it. I mean, you know, if he's still on that roster for the Celtics when the season starts, it's going to be business as usual, that kind of thing. But again, I would go back to our conversation this week. If I'm the Celtics, and and I I think I brought you closer my way after initially maybe you know it's like who wouldn't trade for Kevin Durant if I'm the Celtics I've made some moves adding Malcolm Brogdon I want to see what it looks like we just made the finals hell part of doing that was sweeping the Nets team that had Kevin Durant I know didn't have Ben Simmons didn't have full Kyrie but we're looking pretty good now and my future it feels like in terms of length and window mm-hmm. I'm younger the way I am now. Um, I stand to win more titles than necessarily bringing a kid. And, 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 and this is what we didn't talk about earlier this week. What happens if it doesn't go well? 
What happens if in year two of the four years you got Kevin Durant, he decides, hey, I want to be traded, yep. which we know he's he, you know apt to do at times when he's not when he's not happy. What happens when you got an unhappy Kevin Durant? Uh, if I'm the Celtics, I would walk uh, very carefully here and be careful in terms of trading, especially if it's Jalen Brown and the farm for Kevin Durant. That said, I uh, thought Jason Tatum handled it about as best as you could being asked about it. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, he'll continue to be asked about it. I, I think that's all fair. I mean, I think, and, and that's sort of what you have to weigh. You know, is this is this going to get us closer? It, and and how much closer is it going to get us? Because we're going to have to give up a lot to do it. And do you think Tatum believes it when he says, I love our team, we added Brogdon, Gallinari, let's go again? Do you think he believes that, or is he just doing what you're supposed to do in this no, situation? I, I, I think he should believe it. I, I think Brogdon is a real upgrade. Um, I think you nobody had you going to the NBA Finals last season, kind of like the Grizzlies, right? You kind of showed up out of nowhere. You turned your your your, your ship around. You have a, a second-year a second head coach, right, who seemed to find his footing along the way. You were up 1-0 in the Finals. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't think – why would you feel like you Why couldn't? would he feel like he needs KD? Yeah, I don't think he does. Now, is there going to be a point where you start hitting your head against the ceiling? Maybe. They haven't done that yet. It's like the Grizzlies. I really think the Grizzlies and the Celtics are very similar in that maybe the Grizzlies don't have the, the, the amount of superstar power that the Celtics have. They have, they have two, the Grizzlies have one, and then like some, some one A, two A, you know what I mean? Like secondary guys, right? But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The Celtics are not broken. They're not. And depending on what the ask would be, and it seems like it's going to be astronomical, Based right. on what the Nets have reportedly turned down, yes. I mean, I, I think you should always listen. I think it's it's prudent to always have an open mind to things, right? I think the Grizzlies should always have an open mind with any potential trade deals. But there is a line, right? Where like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not sacrificing everything that I've built and and done the hard way. By the way, they drafted Jalen Brown. They drafted. Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. They drafted Marcus Smart. These are guys that they found, that they developed, and that's time, and that's sweat equity. And that's another thing that goes into these decisions, right, as a franchise. You don't want to willy-nilly just give guys up that you've invested not just money in, but time. How hard is it to find guys like that? And they found at least two. Rob Williams, right? I don't, I don't think he was part of the discussions, but Maybe he could be. They might want Rob Williams. I would want him, but Grant Williams, the other Grant, the other Williams. I wouldn't want to just give him up. I found him, bro. I developed him. You know, I take pride in that. Like I got that's like my territory. I'm territorial over that. So I, I do think that has to go into the equation. And especially if you can't really tell me that it's going to be an improvement, which I, you know, again they were the what two seed, right? They were the two seed in the East, right? I mean, I, I just don't. Mm-hmm. How much are you okay? So am I going to be the one seed? You guarantee the one? Are you guaranteeing me the one seed? And by the way, like <clears throat> the Bucks still have Chris Middleton and he's healthy and Giannis, and it's not uh, that doesn't guarantee me a path to the NBA Finals. Just having Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant. So no, I think you have to weigh all that. And you have to be really careful because when you mess with something like chemistry, and I know I'm kind of like double talking here because I have said like Grizz, like you know, I would do the deal for Kevin Durant. But then you realize he's 34 years old, and you realize you're only probably going to get two years of like great Kevin Durant, maybe, if he holds up. I do think chemistry and what you've built and how you've built it, I would be less protective, right, if you acquired guys in a trade who were here for a year or two years, whatever. Like A lot of that stuff's transactional. Sure. 
But but you draft these guys, you find these guys, and that's very hard to do. You know, when they come up through your franchise, you do it with your staff, your draft capital, right? So that's why ultimately that deal is not going to happen. I would think because there's just a lot more there. They, they, and, they, they and again. Like the Grizzlies losing the way they did with Ja Hurt, you don't know what you don't know yet. We don't really know what – I mean, I, I guess from a aerial view, yes, everybody needs a Kevin Durant. But realistically, let's boil it down. What are the, We don't know. We, we won't know what the Grizzlies need until we get a sample size of one, two, three right. playoff runs, okay? And then we're going to say, oh, they need a, they need a five-man – you know, who can switch or knock down an outside jumper. Okay, so let's go get that guy. Or we need uh, we need more consistent shooting from the three spot. So we got to get rid of Dylan, and we got to go find a different, a, a, a better fit. Like, the, is there a Tayshaun Prince type out there, right, yeah. that the Grizzlies went and got for the Western Conference Finals uh, run? Uh, what I would say is it's, it's very possible that that Gobert deal, in terms of what the Nets will have to require – Right and getting back for Kevin Durant because of what obviously Utah got for Gobert yep. is going to ruin this thing it to did. a point where okay we're going to the Celtics now we want this this and this because of what Utah got for Gobert Absolutely. and it's just not going to happen and what ends up happening I'm still leaning this way is that because they want such a haul this thing's going to end up where he's back with Kyrie Ben Simmons and they're going again and who knows where that team could finish because much like you're talking about with the Grizzlies and not having everybody there and still needing to learn more. We don't know a damn thing about what that's going to look like when they got all three in there consistently. They could be the best team in the East still, possibly. Yep. So it's 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 not an awful alternative for the Nets, but it just feels like that Gobert trade has ruined the waters because they have to ask for a fortune. They have to ask for half like, a team like, uh, based Donovan on the fact Mitchell that it's Kevin Durant. Eight picks, bro. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what are we talking about? So that's what I'm saying. That's why nothing's happened so far. It's right. why the Nets are demanding. It's why everything's been turned down to this point. That Gobert trade set the market, right. and it's it's too crazy right now in terms of what you'd have to give up for KD. Like, like if you just look at the West, at the East, right? The Heat are aging, so I they're not going to be the one seed again. Uh, the Bucks are going to have a healthy uh, Middleton. Chris Middleton, yeah. right? So they'll they'll be right back. They're top three where seed. They are. Top three. Seed. The 76ers got better. Top three seed to me. Uh, the Raptors stayed pat. The Bulls stayed pat. Brooklyn, who knows? Who knows? If it's all three of them. And Joe Harris and them? I mean, they could be right back in the you know top three, top four, easy. The Hawks got slightly better with uh, Murray. And the Cavs will just get better with time with their young core, right? But, you know, you don't have to get better. You're the team that represented the East in the NBA Finals, and all of your guys are 24 years old, right, other than Al Horford, oh, Al. So I just – I don't see I – don't, I don't think the urgency I, – I don't think that one makes as much sense. Like, to me, the Raptors make sense because, like, what are they doing, right? They got a bunch of, like, good players that are, like, not great. They need a great player. They need a Kevin Durant to get them over the top. That's what they did for Kawhi Leonard. It worked out. That makes sense to me. Um, the Celtics, though, with what they have, not a not 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 really the ideal trade partner, I would say. But Jason Tatum says he's fine, and I believe him. I have no reason to doubt him. I think it makes sense. It's logical to like where you are and like what you've added with Brogdon and exactly. Gallinari. You address too. these things. Right. You know, you address these things. I think so. he believes it. Anyway, uh, interesting stuff. Next story. All right, Jeff wrote about this, and I and I wanted to bring it up because it, it is a nice sort of like zoom out perspective on the season ahead 
for Memphis football and the importance of this particular season in this particular time. So he went through it. In 2019, the Tigers went 12-2. and They won the AAC title game. They finished in the Cotton Bowl. They went to the Cotton Bowl. It was undoubtedly the best season in the history of the program. They hosted game day. It was amazing, mm-hmm. right? Um, they averaged 40.4 points a game. They finished 17th in the AP Top 25. That was ahead of Cincinnati. That was ahead of UCF. Um, and they, on average, had crowds of 38,816. That's Mike's final year. Yes, right before he left for Florida State. Now let's fast forward to now. And, and granted, some things have changed. Obviously, COVID, whatever. Uh, last year, we know that Memphis was 6-6. Six and six. They went to the Hawaii Bowl. They didn't get played. They were 3-5 and five in the AAC. They were 7th. Their scoring has gone down from 40 to 30. Um, average home attendance dropped from 38,000 to 31,295. So, you know, that's about a 20% drop. You know, they're about 18 to 20%. Cincinnati, UCF, Houston gone. They're going to the Big 12, and you are back in the AAC. Now, I think it's, I think it's not fair to lay all of that at the feet of Ryan Silverfield, right? Like the, the conference expansion thing, mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with him. He can't alone um, get Memphis into a, a, a power five. That's so far beyond his pay grade. But let me ask you this. Scoring from 40 to 30, fans 38 to 31, how much of that is on Ryan? And do you sort of look at this season with Seth as a sophomore, like w- what kind of importance do you place on it? Uh you know, I, I I hate to say it, but it, it's always thin ice, I would say, for that Memphis football coach, and that's something you got to understand when you take the job, and we talked about this earlier this week. Ryan Silverfield had to understand that. You, you might, look, you're going to have down years. You're going to change quarterbacks, yep. right? Remember that and he's going through the transition of Brady White and having to go on find the next one, all that, but there's never an excuse for a Memphis football program that has to be good to great, I keep using that phrase, to move the needle and especially needs to do it now in a time of conference realignment, expansion, everything else. So the, the pressure is greater than ever to be as good or better than you've been. And we can sit here and, and point out all the reasons why Memphis isn't, why, to Jeff's point, it's, it's, you've gone down since 2019. But the fact is there are no excuses. It comes with the territory when you're the Memphis football coach. Like, like, like I'd say, th- there's more margin for error almost for some of these for these Power Five coaches that'll have a little bit more time, right? That aren't right now uh, uh, necessarily worried about well, can we get to a better conference because you're there already mm-hmm. and you're going to get some time. So for a you know a, a Sam Pittman or something, especially after you've come in and had a year like him, you know, th- there's not nearly as much pressure as there is for Ryan Silverfield again, who needs to be good to great at a time where. These conferences are looking around for value, right? And Memphis was that. It was the best. I I love the way that Jeff put it because it's right. You were the best thing outside of the Power Five there Mm -hmm. at the end of the Mike Norvell era. You are not that anymore. It's come up in your own conference now, you know, with Cincinnati and and others. But Cincy now, as the torchbearer, um, there aren't any excuses. You have to be that again, especially, John, with Cincy and Houston and UCF now leaving. Like, now you really don't have an excuse to be behind anyone in your own conference, and we're yep. talking about, what, last year you were seventh in your league. And right. so, yeah, no, we can all like Ryan Silverfield's guy, same way we feel about Josh Pastner. Right. But in the end, it doesn't matter if you're a good guy or not. It's it's based in results. Yep. You are being paid 
uh, 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 to produce. And so six and six can't happen again. It's got to go up. I would say, I mean, it, that was the transition year, right? That was the first year post Brady White at the quarterback position. So, like, I do think you get a little bit of grace when you're going from that guy who's been the you know the the, the staple at that position. Right, right, but you don't get two years of that. No, I agree. But I'm just saying, like, that's there. That's done. Yeah, like you know, I, I don't think. Ryan Silverfield, to this point, has done a bad job. Uh, there is no doubt that the scoring is not the same, and there are a lot of dynamics, I think, at play when you talk about the home attendance. All that being said, it really doesn't matter what we think about the kind of job he's done, whether it's a good job or it's a bad job. It's that he has got to, as the coach of Memphis, be responsible for making people care. Right, because it's always a big year until all this conference stuff gets settled. It yes. will always be a big year at this yes. point, John. Yes, and it, you've had the transition year. And look, I, I, so I you don't, better you better get up and no, it I, I, I don't deny the challenges that that uh, Silverfield has walked into. I, I, I think they're real. I think the the dynamics of college sports have changed on their head very rapidly. But everybody has to deal with those things too. And I don't think that gets you out of the responsibility. And I think he, I have to believe he understands this of Look, you're trying to ultimately sell the program, right? And I, I, every every year can't be 2019. We understand that, but it's got to be exciting. It's got to be a, a product, right, on the field that people are going to and making plans to see, and that that is, you know, ultimately being that class of the non-power five because that's how someday you hope you are, you know, pulled up somewhere, somewhere. I don't know where, somewhere. Um, and and also you're, you know, as Jeff points out. You're trying to gin up excitement for those facilities. You know, you got to get some support, some community mm-hmm. support, right? $150 million, $200 million. Got to raise some money. Got to raise some funds. You know, three and five in the AAC, they're not going to run, you know, to write that check. <clears throat> if, if that's – and, I, again, I think Ryan understands that. At a time when you're trying to raise $150 to $200 million, right, to renovate the right. stadium. Right. John, that's no, the key. I, 500 is not going to be well, enough. Look, we said we said Penny Hardaway had to break through and make the tournament last year. That's right. Why? Because you need momentum. You need to be building on it, especially the, what that basketball program That's represents right. to the entire athletic program. It's the same thing for Silverfield this year in terms of you're coming off of 6-6, six and six, everything going on with conference realignment, the fact that you've got the top tier right now in the AAC peeling off. You better be coming with it. You need to be building momentum, not losing it. And, and frankly, that's what it's been the last couple of years. And so the pressure's on him just like it was on Penny Hardaway to break through, turn the corner, whatever it is. But like we said, for Memphis football, though, to, to move the needle, to get people excited around here, you got to be damn near great. And so, uh, unfortunately for Silverfield, that's the line. That's how narrow it is. You're it, walking it's, a it's, fine it's probably got to be 8-4, right? But even I mean, Veach told Jeff, like, yes, it's big year. It's, a, it's, it's always going to be a big year right now for our football program. we got to be talked about. we yep. got to be making headlines again. Yep. we got to be on ESPN again. That's the way you get people talking about you. So why? So they see the value, and they say, despite the market size here, we see a gym yep. with Memphis football. So, John, it's got to be rocking and rolling, no, bro. It does. It does. There, I mean, there, there's, no, there's no excuses. There's some things in place, right? you got to returning quarterback um you know you got some pieces yeah. defensively Hennigan's big in terms of having him to combat this right yep. having a guy that started as many games as he did that you feel really good about yep yep I mean yeah I'm with you eight and four has probably got to be where it is you know um and 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 that's that you know you're just trying to try to get people excited you know and that's Six and six. Well, because you need seven to, and five. You need to take the baton after that since he's to. gone yeah. and be the class of the AAC. 
hands down. I mean, we could sit up here and say, right. well, SMU's got a good program, too, and all that. No, Memphis needs to be the class because they were that as recently as 2019. Correct. And there will be no excuses. Now, in fairness, that was their best season ever. Since he and UCF are gone. But you, you cannot be seventh. Right. No, that's definitely true. Like, we could talk about battling for it, going one and two, and that's fine, but you cannot have dropped off to where you are. And so it's no different. The the pressure that's on Silverfield, it's, it's, like, it's like similar to pressure that Penny Hardaway, I think, faced last season. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, uh, uh, the program believed in you, hired you, gave you some time for the transition, but now it's time to produce. It's no different for Ryan Silverfield. It's go time. Yeah. No, I, I, I certainly agree. And it's also go time uh, for lunch, right? 12.40, time to get over to Topps Barbecue for lunch, they got those delicious cheeseburgers, that sweet and saucy sauce. Put it on the brisket. That really, that's mm-hmm. the move right there. But the cheeseburgers, the pulled pork sandwiches, the smoked bologna sandwich, which is now permanent. Right now, it's a mainstay on the menu. Thanks to you guys over at Tops Barbecue. Great option for lunch. Get the Tops today. Yep, that sweet and saucy sauce is fantastic. I'm usually not a fan of sweet barbecue sauce, but this has got the perfect mixture of sweet and nice kick to it too you'll like it and don't worry the original mild original hot tops has got those ready for you as well like john said put it on your brisket put it on everything that smoked bologna sandwich is fantastic the fireman burger tops is fantastic barbecue on top of the burger better be ready to eat and eat well when you get that fireman burger uh, and you can thank us later after you try it. tops will cater your vent as well all you got to do is call them 667 tops that's 667 8677, and they'll cater your event from 12 people to 12,000. They got you covered. Get over to one of the top 16 locations. See for yourself. Tops Barbecue, 70 years and still. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Smoking. You switch like a... Chris McCulley, McCulley Roofing and Renovations here for you. If... Something's not right with your roof. 
you can't necessarily know, right? You can't always see storm damage. Sometimes it's hard to see. But if you you know your age is, your roof is aging, and it might be time to replace it, call our man Chris. Maybe get it covered at no matter what cost to you. I talked about it yesterday. He fought with an insurance company recently for seven weeks. All right? Seven whole weeks. He'll do the same for you. When he comes out, let him know you heard about him on the Jason and John show. He's going to throw in a free roof and upgrade. Well, how do you get him on your side, then, if he's such a good fighter? 901-487-7096 is how you do that. 487-7096. You want to check out the reviews before you call him up? Do that. Uh, voted most popular roofing company. Got a bunch of five-star reviews on Facebook. Check out the website as well, McCulleyRoofingLLC.com. It's not just roofs, though. Renovation questions you've got as well. Something you think you've been wanting to do for years. Build out that patio, that upstairs. Chris McCulley can tell you what it's going to cost you, what he can do it for. Have him, have him come over your way, 487-7096. You'll be happy with the result of so many that we've sent over have been. Again, it's McCulley Roofing and Renovation. Uh, over at ESPN.com, as training camps are obviously all underway by this point, uh, Bill Barnwell, a friend of the show, at least once upon a time, has a, uh, a piece out in terms of NFL players, coaches, execs, who have the most at stake in 2022. Okay. All right? Getting down with that. Majority of, uh, you know, these names in terms of players uh, make sense, right? Tua, Jalen Hurts. Yes. Carson Wentz. I think Tannehill should be on this list. He's not. Especially after blowing it last year. He should be. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, yes. Clyde Edwards-Elair. Yeah, I guess. The most interesting name on here is Tom Brady. I'm sorry? Yeah, he's got Tom Brady on here, and this is what he said. Um, in making his return, he backs off that cap and trades the reward of possibly winning an eighth championship for the risk of looking like he stuck around a year too many. Nothing in Brady's performance record suggests he's about to fall off the proverbial cliff, but Farm and Manning were both superstars the year before they suddenly declined too. Manning was benched for Brock Osweiler and seemed to be breaking down in real time, but he did just enough in his final season to let his defense carry him to a Super Bowl. Brady undoubtedly wants to close his career with one final title, but you also get the feeling that the soon-to-be 45-year-old will be satisfied only if he's the one leading the way. Now, do you think Tom Brady would come back if he felt like he was going to fall off a production cliff? I don't think he would. I no. think he would just say, I'm done. for mm-hmm. like I know it's my time. He's not going to come back unless he knows he's going to still be awesome. I think he thinks he could perform at a high level, not just this year, but maybe a couple more. I do think he believes that truly, that he takes care of himself in a way that his mind ultimately believes that, that he's got more than one season in him. And so much so that I think if he thought the Bucks were slipping and not putting the best uh, product that they could around him to do that, to win another Super Bowl, I think Tom Brady thinks he's got enough left in the tank that he would change teams yeah. and go somewhere else, a better situation. Well, as it turns out, uh, Tannehill actually is on this I list. saw that. I was going to yeah. tell you that. Yeah, uh, and, and and should be as yeah, I said. Yeah, this is this is his last year to prove that he can ever do it. Well, I mean, and you've gone out and drafted a rookie quarterback now too. If you're the Titans and Malik Willis, no, no promise that he'll be great, but you've done it. You've spent draft capital on another quarterback, so I, it obviously puts pressure on Ryan. Especially last year, you're the one seed. You blew it three t- three interceptions. So the way that it worked with him, right, was Mario. They went out. They they traded for him, right? They traded for Ryan Tannehill for like for a couple like boo boo picks. They, 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 maybe there were two, though. That, that's why it was like, oh, a little eyebrow-raising. Mariota was the guy, then they spend two picks to get Ryan Tannehill, and then Mariota sputters. 
Then they go to Tannehill in the middle of the season, and he comes out, and he's like man on fire. He's great. Then they commit to him for, uh, you know, 2000 and I guess it would have been 20, the 2020 season. He was, he was the, still good. The league's greatest play action passer, according to Tannehill. I mean, according to Barnwell, uh, at least that year. But then last season. I mean, they were the one seed. It was the playoffs. Well, yeah, not necessarily because of him, but yes. Uh, he, I guess he was the QB. He did enough with Derrick Henry out for as long as he was last year. I mean, you'd say he certainly had a hand in getting that one seat. Yeah. um, A major hand. Don't you think they're looking for a reason to, like, bench his ass? Well, yeah. I think when when you have a team and the season, because, again, these these things are not promised. And and the Titans had a chance last year as that one seed to push through. And so if if your quarterback's the thing that's going to hold you back, you have to always be – you know, ready to for the next one or have a plan to get the next one. I think it was smarter on their part. Uh, Tannehill's shown he's limited. And again, asking him to go out and win the game for you has always been the wrong formula. Uh, last year, you just saw him, even on the, the simple stuff, ended up blowing it. Their formula has and, and still needs to be run game, play action, now great defense keeping you in games. I mean, Tannehill should be able to fill that role, but if he can't, you absolutely have to move on. So they put themselves in a a, a decent position in terms of quarterback. My whole thing is when you're allowing weapons like AJ Brown to essentially walk. I mean, I, I, I know in this case that you 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 traded him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just doesn't make a lot of sense because that's what you that, that's what you hope to put around that quarterback is great weapons like him. So again, I. Should Tannehill be able to fill this role, this play again? Sure, he should. But is it going to be the same when you now you don't? You know, you got one less weapon on the edge, and certainly some unproven's with Burks and the rest of these guys. Yeah. So Tannehill's on there, and then also interestingly enough, and I think this is probably fair, Josh McDaniels, the first year Raiders coach, and I think it's more of about his past. You know how how bad the Denver tenure went. People have compared him to Ed Orgeron. In terms of like your first stint, Ole Miss, uh, and they got, you got something to prove. I would take that. I would take it if he was at Orgeron because at Orgeron won a championship, right? Now he ended up like not he like he was not the reason. It's like Ed Orgeron was to LSU what Ryan Tannehill is to the Titans. Like you you win it in spite of him. If the Titans ever won anything, it would be in spite of Ryan Tannehill. So not because of him. LSU won because of Joe Burrow and in spite of Ed Orgeron. So that's kind of what the deal would be here. Um, but I, I do think, like, yeah, Josh McDaniels has to show he's grown. He's earned this, this you know, opportunity. And because um, his whole thing was, T- was Tebow, right? Like, he was, like, married to Tebow. Mm-hmm. And that was an absolute mess. That was an absolute disaster. So uh, we'll see. That's another one, though. That's another one. And then I think two is obvious. Like, they get up, they went out, they got when you. When they go out and they get you the weapons, right? <clears throat> when they go out and they get you the Tyreek Hill, when they go out and they get you the A.J. Brown, like, this is your last chance to show that it's not it's it's not about you. It was about your weapons. It's about what you had and what you didn't have. Surprised that they got him McDaniel's on before Bowles, because I would tell you that Todd Bowles, who's been you know second time around too, failed with the Jets. I got a lot of confidence in, and it seems like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. have a lot of confidence in him in terms of the organization. He's he's in a on a team that's got to win now. He's on a team with Tom Brady that if things don't go right, Tom Brady's going to be saying, oh, what the hell? And it's really, for the Bucks, it's Super Bowl or bust. So it's surprising to me that they would have McDaniel, you know, with you guys in a loaded division where you might not even come out 
and get it. You know, you, you may not be a playoff team. You might finish fourth in that division, and you're not a playoff team. Mm-hmm. It's surprising to me that they that it would have more pressure on McDaniel's than Bowles, who is getting a second chance. And again, he's the head coach of a should be Super Bowl or bust team in the NFC. Right. That that the, feels like to me. There's more pressure on Bowles, although I expect him obviously in this situation with a great team. Uh, to perform pretty well here. I mean, I, I suspect that the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at least going to be an NFC Championship game. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's definitely fair. Um, but I think the like maybe he gets some grace because it was the Jets. Like who's who's going to succeed there? Right. Good point. It's, Good pro- point. it's probably just like you, you're just, you're set up to fail there. So I can't. I mean, he's, he's, he's under a lot of pressure because of that. But it's like I can't. I can't make a sweeping statement about you if you lose in the second round of the playoffs. Because you were the coach of the Jets, you know? Like, you were. The, you, what are you supposed to do? That's fair. Anyway, uh, it's up at ESPN.com. All right, we'll come back. Anthony Sane's going to join us at 125. We'll talk to him about uh, Rick Blair's last match, what he thinks about that, and more. Jason and John, how do you turn to him? ESPN. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 